Welcome to September Sisters. I'm Abby, the older sister. And I'm Hannah, the younger sister. This is the podcast where two sisters, who also happen to be friends, chat about books, life, and childhood. Thanks for joining us. I was about to expand my screen and I almost pressed leave. <gasps> I know. You almost left me. I almost left you. Oh, it would have been. Also, sad. I had you on speaker view that whole time. <laughs> we were chatting. <laughs> I don't even know what that does. So, speaker view, like, then your face is over my entire screen and I'm in like a little teeny little. Oh, yeah, that's what I have. Oh, well, now I switched it to gallery. Oh, see, I don't like looking at my face. So I keep you in the large screen and me just tiny in the corner. Oh, I thought you were the one who told me originally to do it gallery so that we could see each other the same. That oh, was just when we were taking a picture. Screenshot. Got it. Yeah. We are nothing if not technologically savvy <laughs> over in this corner of the podcasting world. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. How, uh, how's your holiday weekend been? Good. We're doing some, I actually don't know what to call it because it's like not really home renovations Mm -hmm. because we're not like tearing down any walls or like reinstalling sinks or, you know, any like, you're not tiling. Oh, redecorating. Yeah. And we're also like organizing and cleaning out stuff. So yes, redecorating our room. We painted it, built some furniture and... Hung some shelves. And so then we have like a few more pieces of furniture coming. Any more bookshelves? <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> we do not have more bookshelves. We did these like two like mini shelves and we put them on either side of our TV. Okay. So it's like all on one wall and they're like a little bit higher than the TV. So it brings your eye up. And we actually, it was very weird. Because normally we cram shelves with books and just Mm -hmm. stack them. Yeah. But we took all of our pink books and then like arranged them in a stack Uh with some like art like with it. So Uh it's more like aesthetically pleasing. More of an art installation. Exactly. And I was like looking at it today. I'm like, it's just weird that the whole thing is in books. (laughs) (laughs) But it looks so pretty the way we have it. So, I mean, it's, I'll get over it, but it's, yeah. and like we talked about doing other bookshelves, but we really like want it to feel more open. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to like limit the amount of furniture. Yeah. Save that for the living room. That's end to end bookshelves. Yeah. Um, Well, look at you showing some restraint. I'm so proud. We have a little, um, like three tiered book cart. Um, oh cute so that's going back in it was in there but it's going back in yeah it's exciting it feels so good it's like finally like everything's gonna look more cohesive and Mm -hmm. be or the organization is the biggest thing because this house has gotten out of control over covid well whose house hasn't i I mean my my living arrangements were never under control (laughs) but uh they certainly have not gotten any less out of control as time has progressed I think if you were here now, you would think that you lived here. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But coming to an end of that era, <laughs> do you think you're going to get it done 
by your birthday, like originally intended, or do you think it's going to extend a little past? I think it's, I mean, it's definitely going to extend past Mm -hmm. because we... I mean, it's a big undertaking. It's a big undertaking and we're doing like painting. So I think there's a couple like more pieces of furniture we're going to buy. And obviously Mm -hmm. like there's no way we're going to be able to pick it out and have it shipped here by then because my birthday is in a week and a day. Yeah. But I do think it's more like the momentum and everything's Mm going to be well on its way. But like for the kitchen, we want, we decided we want to do a backsplash. So like that's going to take a while because we want to pick up the tile that we Mm -hmm. want. And actually, I think I know the tile that I want, Mm -hmm. but it's made in Egypt. Oh, geez Louise. Because of course I saw it on Pinterest. It's absolutely gorgeous. And there's no pricing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so that is the hazard of Pinterest. I know. So we may not do that one. But like, obviously, obviously like that's going to, that's a big project. Mm-hmm. And then the living room, I'm just, I'm shaking my head for all our <laughs> listeners. Like I just, there's so, there's so <laughs> many books. <laughs> and I think we're just going to have to like you know, we'll squish everything to fin- I just, and there's just so much clutter. Ever. I mean, it'll t- it'll take a while, but we're getting started, and that's what counts. And it's this whole domino, right? Because right. we started the bedroom, and then we're moving stuff out of the bedroom mm-hmm. to be repurposed somewhere else, and yep. then we can do that area. This whole adventure started because the kids are doing distance learning and needed their desks in their bedrooms mm-hmm. so that they could have quiet space. Yeah. So their desks were side by side in a corner in the basement. Mm-hmm. So now that corner is going to become my like creative corner. Oh, nice. Yes. And I'm taking the antique dresser that grandma gave me mm-hmm. and I'm going to make that my arts and crafts dresser. Oh, fun. And I'm going to have my desk down there. And so I'll do all my blogging and writing and mm-hmm. creating and I'm going to put the hope chest down there too, that grandma, my other, my other antique piece of furniture yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a chair. So I could be like a reading nook. Nice. So well, that sounds very exciting. Yeah. And there's a win. I should say there's a beautiful window yeah. right there. And so it's Makes like it a less get- basementy. Yeah. Though there's no way I'd set up my creative space if I didn't have natural light because I couldn't function like, you know, today it's gorgeous the sun streaming in blue skies and i just couldn't couldn't not have a view of the outside Uh (laughs) anyways speaking of creativity i don't think i told you that i got back into cross-stitching really i've had these up closer patterns well this isn't even the one i'm working on but Oh, that's pretty though. I have this set of patterns. They're like um, seasonal queens. So like this one is the summer queen. Yeah. And I have the autumn queen. Ooh. And the winter queen. Oh, so pretty. And the spring queen is the one that I started with. Oh, that's my favorite. I remember that. Yeah. So I've had these for literally probably 15 years. Yeah. 15, 16 years at this point. And just, I mean, they're time consuming, they're larger patterns and Mm. they're stitched on like a linen fabric instead of the more typical cross-stitching fabric. 
and it requires like a lot of thread. And so I just never felt like dedicating the time to like get all the colors that I needed. And, and then Nana, our grandmother, uh, was clearing out her cross-stitching supplies. And she gave me these little drawers that are like labeled and have all of her thread that she has not used in. And so I was going through that and kind of organizing it in a way that made sense to me. And I was like, you know what? I should, I should get back into cross-stitching. I love cross-stitching. Yeah. So I did. So I started the spring queen and of course me being me, I went out and like bought a bunch of thread and on the pattern, it says there's a couple colors that you need multiple skeins, the same color. Yeah. Which I knew I had like written down and like accumulated whatever. I'm in Joanne's getting thread and just completely ignored that part of the pattern. So, and of course the first color I start with is the one that I need like four skeins of and I bought one. And I'm the, when I cross stitch, I like to do all of one color mm-hmm. and then move on and do all of the next color and so okay. on and so forth. That's just the way my brain works. It's the way right. I like to do it. And it's killing me that I had to move on to another color before I finished the first one because I ran out of thread. And it wasn't in the stack of stuff that Nana gave me. The color, the number, like it's like 746. Mm-hmm. I've got 745 and I've got 747. <gasps> no of 746. Course Same do. with mom. She's got 745. She's got 744. No 746. <sighs> so I got to get back to Joanne's, but it's just like yeah, such pain. But that's been really fun because I like projects that have a defined beginning and end without the pressure of like a deadline or like doing it for some purpose other than I want to do it. So it's been just nice. I've been cross-stitching and watching like cheesy, stupid movies on Hulu and Netflix and just it's been a good uh, form of relaxation lately. Now, should I be spending that time organizing the chaos that is my living quarters? Sure. But I would (laughs) much rather sit in front of the TV and cross-stitch. Well, you got to do what you got to do to relax. That's for sure. And I figure, you know, if we were both being productive and organized at the same time, the universe might collapse in on itself. So I got to wait till you're done and then I can start on my projects. (laughs) I know. I mean, I would love it if like by the end of September we could be done. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm also like have the perspective of like, if we're actively working on it, then I'm feeling good about things because I know that this feeling of like mess and being overwhelmed because I can't find anything mm-hmm. like that's coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And if it takes like a little longer than setting like an arbitrary date, then like sure. that's okay. But it's good to have that kind of deadline in mind just to have that motivation Yes. But then not feeling like you have to stick to it. So yeah. you're not like exactly, just, you know, surrendering to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, you mentioned cross stitch and guess what I found while going through my bedroom and reorganizing. Unfinished cross stitch kits? Close. Uh I don't know. Do you remember that cross stitch I had started when we were teenagers of the two geese with the little baby geese? Yes. Yes. I thought you finished that. I did finish it. It has stayed with me this whole time. 
Wow. I know. And it was just like folded up like neatly because I haven't gotten it framed. So uh-huh. it's just the material. So all I need to do is frame it. So I you got that framed ages ago. No, I never did. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very excited. You're going to frame it? Oh yeah. We're definitely going to frame it. And actually I think it will, I think it will actually go in our room. Nice. So we'll do that or, you know, we'll put it somewhere else, but it would be nice to get that finally. I mean, it's been years, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it. been 15 years since yeah, I although it took you Well, since you started, I was going to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> it took you a while to get that thing done. Well, because I've always enjoyed cross-stitching, but I've never loved it like you have. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do it for a little while and then I'll be like over it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was you know, I'd be in it for a little while. And I think when I did it, I kept like making mistakes, maybe mm-hmm. miscount. I can't remember, but it took, it took a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you finished it. That's, that's I okay. finished it and it's really cute. So I'm very excited that we'll finally get it framed. Hooray. I know. <laughs> well, speaking of childhood activities. Yes. Uh, we read a lot as kids too. <laughs> and uh, one of the things we read <laughs> was uh, The Sherwood Ring by Elizabeth Marie Pope. <laughs> and, uh, I feel like I feel like we were supposed to talk about that today. <laughs> Ring any bells? I don't know. I don't know. I thought we were just gonna talk about cross stitching cleaning this podcast. Oh shoot, I must have mixed up my notes. <laughs> The real question is, did it live up to your childhood memories? Ah, yes, because that was the big question mark floating over this experience. (laughs) Well, I know I'm I'm sort of like, should we should we summarize it and kind of talk about it first and then give our give our opinions, or should we just right off the bat? I don't think you can leave me or anyone else in suspense any longer. I cried when I finished it because one I love the ending and two the nostalgia Mm. and loving it as much as I remember loving it moved me to tears although I was talking about this earlier I always (laughs) think that it's like hormonal but it really turns out that it's just my personality I'm always like one strong emotion away from crying so any like really I just feel anything and I'll break burst into tears but yeah, I, I loved it just as much as I remember loving it. Aww. It's so good. I can't remember it. Did you remember all about it? Like the whole plot and everything? So I, I remembered a good bit of the general, like the, okay. The way that I would have summarized it based mm. on my recollection was a girl lives with her uncle. There's some kind of secret about the house she sees ghosts of her past like relatives from the revolutionary war and there's some kind of adventure in the past that she learns about and there's some kind of connection to the secret in the present yeah that's about as much as i remembered okay i mean that's that's pretty fair yeah and i remembered that she ended up with pat but i didn't remember like how the past thing wrapped up. Okay. And I didn't remember the connection that Pat had 
with the past. That right. I so I did not. So I had a question a about that. Of, yeah. Because doesn't that make them related? It makes them like super, 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 super distant cousins. Cousins. In some way. Okay. Because I don't even know. Well, yeah, because I guess he is a descendant of Peaceable Drummond. Yeah. Sherwood. So that means he's a descendant of Barbara and she's a descendant of Richard and Eleanor. So okay. their descent, they descent, they get back to siblings right. eventually. So they're kind of distantly related. Yeah. But hey, it was the but- 50s. That mattered less. <laughs> 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 that was the one thing. So I have to say, I loved this book so much. I had all the feels mm-hmm. as I was reading it. I was like, re- like I could remember, like not what happened next, but like I remembered mm-hmm. reading. Yeah, it. yeah. And it was like it was so good. Like it just, I feel like it's one of those books that just feels like a warm, welcoming hug. Yes. Or like sitting in front of the fire with your best friend. It's a cozy read. Very cozy. I was going to say, it is like exactly what I like in a book because there's enough sort of suspense and plot, like things happening that keeps you interested. So there's enough sort of tension that it's not just like, boring but it doesn't get to the point of like unpredictable angst that makes you like upset about what's Mm -hmm. happening and it has a beautifully happy ending for everyone involved (laughs) so like really the the conflict does not reach the point of being unpleasant or you're like rooting for someone to fail in order Mm -hmm. for someone else to have a happy ending like there's no real like villain quote unquote yes there's like an honorable rivalry between the two guys (laughs) in the 1700s yeah and then even the uncle (laughs) turns out to just be under a great amount of emotional strain (laughs) so like when that's resolved you feel like oh no their relationship's gonna be fine like it'll be okay (laughs) yeah yeah i know i it kind of is it's like set up that these two rivals it's richard and peaceable yeah it like sets them up as kind of like richard's like the good guy yeah and peaceable's like the bad guy but yeah. then like as you get to know both of them it's like you want both of them to, to win. win out yeah yeah <laughs> it's like a gentleman's game yeah. more than anything and so i love the fact that Richard isn't even really all that upset with Peaceable and he like instantly comes around to being totally fine with his sister like marrying him. I know. He's like, oh, sure. Fine. Cool. <laughs> I know. I I just I just loved it. I think the one thing I didn't love is the two Peaceable guys. So Peaceable and then his descendant Pat. Mm-hmm. are so presumptuous that these women like of course they're gonna be with them so yeah. i wrote down i said i didn't like it it kind of grated on me but i forgive it because the story is so good that like i didn't even knock it down in my rating like it ended up being a small thing for me like it was just like a little bit like eh, i don't love it but 
I loved every other single thing and it like works in the story. So like, even though it wasn't my favorite, yeah, I just, I mean, I would recommend this book. I loved it so much. I'm glad that you liked it, even with a little uh, grating snafu. What I do think is funny listening to you talk about that is I had the opposite reaction. (laughs) So like when Cecil and Mark did that to Lucy and Juliet, respectively, of this like, I know what's best for you, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, how dare you? They are strong, independent women and you don't know what they blah, blah, blah. When both peaceables did it, I was like, "Yeah, you do, you do get what you want, and they're lucky to have you. <laughs> no problem with it whatsoever." And I think it's because you could tell that both Barbara and what's her face, Peggy. Gosh, I can't even remember yes. her first name. Peggy. Yeah, yes. Peggy. You could tell that both of them were already totally down to marry both. Peaceable. Right. I think maybe it's a um, a tone thing in the way that the book is written. I don't know. Something about it. It just made it feel like it was a time when women are supposed to protest no matter what mm-hmm. they feel. They're supposed to put up a like, oh, I couldn't possibly marry you. I just met you, you know, whereas they really want to say like, yes, please. Can we get married tomorrow? And so it's just the men giving them a way out of having to like. Right. More like manners. Yeah. 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 And like, I know that this is what you were going to say anyways. So I'm going to give you the excuse of I'm telling you that this is what happened instead of you having to admit like. Right. I don't know. Now, is that in line with like modern feminism? Absolutely not. Is it ever okay to assume a woman's intent or feelings? No, it is not. Should a man ever tell a woman, I get what I want, you're going to marry me? No. <laughs> so in real life, do I find this behavior acceptable? Absolutely not. Heck to the no. Never, <laughs> ever. In this book, <laughs> love it. Find it super romantic. That's so funny. I definitely didn't love it, but I I do think like the way that the whole book is written, like it just kind of works. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you could write it differently sure. to be fair, but sure. I that's what I mean. Like I I just I forgive it because I think it is like you said, like it's what they want. Like you know that's what they want. Yeah, um, and Barbara, like he's literally the enemy like he is a member of the british army her brother is fighting for the continental army like she can't say yes i've fallen in love with you marry me tomorrow like they can't get married they're on opposite sides of a war right so she she really doesn't i mean i I think it works yeah what i liked about peggy and pat is that even though he says oh yeah we're getting married like this is not a question. It is a fact. Yeah. He tells her she can have as long as she needs to get used to the idea. Which again. <laughs> oh, thanks. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, in any other context, I would be like, oh, oh, I can. Oh, thank you. Thank you right. so much for right. giving me time to come around to the idea. <laughs> but the way that he says it oh is like, oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> I'm not pressuring her. <laughs> oh my 
But of course, she's already been pining away for him all summer or fall or whatever season it is. So you know that that's what she wants. You know what would also be romantic? Is him getting down on one knee and asking her to marry Yes, but the Sherwood men get what they want. (laughs) Oh, do they ever. I know. It is one of those funny things where it's like a complete conflict of like what I would find acceptable or genuinely romantic in my own life or even the lives of anyone I actually know like if you if you had told me that Josh said we're getting married I always get what I want I would be like (laughs) jump his butt right now run (laughs) absolutely not I'm calling the cops but I think sometimes and again I think when I read this book originally I had a much more naive view of relationships Mm. and I had a a view of romance that was dictated by a very uh, classic sense of literature and that sort of pre-feminist mentality where there was that you mean sort all of, the literature written by white men exactly that literature? <laughs> all that stuff exactly well and white women you know jane austen's in there um but this yeah, very traditional right her no 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 i know but like this that. very you know this this idea that like men are like manly and domineering and stern and whatnot uh. and <laughs> and women you know are just meant to be wooed and don't and don't know their own hearts and have to have them explained to them. Right. You know, I think that's a lot right. of the literature that I read was reading yeah. when I first read this book. Mm-hmm. And so even though I have now experienced more of real life and have a worldview and a mindset that is uh, dictated by reality and self-respect. <laughs> right. And and more of a, an understanding that women have the right to be their own people. <laughs> I think now when I approach books for the first time, I have more of that sense of, I mean, that's why Mark ended up being such mm-hmm. a pain and Cecil, you know, because I, I hadn't, I wasn't already familiar with those characters and I didn't already know the endings to those stories. And yeah. so there was more of that like red flag, you know, waving in the background of like, no, this is not okay. Like, this is not mm-hmm. how you treat women. This is not what love is. Yeah. Because this book is laced with such a heavy dose of nostalgia, along yeah. with the quality of the book itself, I don't have that same, like, ding, that you experienced this time through. Yeah. Because to me, the rose-colored glasses of remembering what it felt like to read it for the first time completely take away any of that yeah. very valid uh, recognition of a problem in the way that those proposals, yeah. quote, unquote, go down. Because you're right. Like, they, they don't even propose. Like, they don't. I mean, I guess they kind of come around like the, the uh, colonial America peaceable. Yeah. Says you know, oh, so we were talking about this, but you never responded. Like, so what do you yeah. think? Like, he I does liked, ask her. I liked his, I like, I liked him a little bit better. Or I should say that whole thing. I, I could tolerate it better with him than mm-hmm. with Pat. Cause like, she doesn't even know him either. That's what I'm saying. But I think Pat doesn't know Peaceable either. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. That one felt different. And I think it's because we heard more of their story yeah. and like heard more about them as individuals. And like you could, you're just reading like how perfect they are for each other. Right. You know, and I think that makes a difference too. Like, even though it's like a little bit of a bad taste, yeah. so, like you just know there's like they do, they both want to be together. So, and they're both so perfect for each other. And so yeah. it's like, you can kind of forgive that. Yeah. Because- well, I wonder, I wonder if you've experienced this too, because I have found speaking of the cheesy chick flicks that I've been watching while cross-stitching. Yeah. I find I have a much lower tolerance for the love at first sight trope. Yeah. Like I used to just kind of suspend disbelief and be like, well, that's not how real life works, but like clearly they're perfect for each other. Yeah. Now I find these movies or books or whatever where people like have a brief like meet cute yeah. And then instantly fall in love and like change everything about their lives to make it okay that they're together. I'm like, you do not know each other at all. Like Peggy does not even know Pat's full name and she's already, you know, in love with him, quote unquote. Right. So I so think you that- you never even really hear that. Like in the book, you never really hear her perspective. Except that she's- she's obsessed with him and she's so sad that he's not getting in contact with him and she wants. Oh, that's and, true. That's yeah. True. I mean, okay. you get to kind of see that interior monologue, but again, I think it's a, it's um, an indicator of the time. And so I wonder if that's another reason why it bothered you less in the past, because in that like 18th century world, there's, there's more of that where you sort of meet at a ball and it, like Jane and Mr. Bingley, you know, they dance yeah. together one evening and are head over heels in love. So it, it's more fitting with what our framework already is if Barbara and Peaceable have one Christmas dinner together and then decide they want to get married. Whereas because even though it's in the 50s, Pat and Peggy are more of like that modern quote unquote right. couple, there's more of an expectation that there's going to be an actual relationship built before those kinds of decisions are left to. I don't know. I, don't know. I, f- I felt it was more like character development. Like I mm. felt like anytime you have Peggy, it was never about Peggy. It was her conversing with the ghosts sure. and hearing the ghost story. And then when it's like in the present with her, it's, there's no real internal monologue of what she's feeling or what she's wanting. It's, mm-hmm. she's Other the catalyst. Right. But she's the catalyst of how the whole story is revealed, right? Like she, yeah. you are like walking with her, but yet you don't really know her that well. And I think that's why it felt like a bit jarring. And because even though Barbara and Peaceable didn't have a lot of interactions, you learned a lot about Peaceable in the book. Mm-hmm. And you learn a lot about Barbara in the book. And because well, you learn I mean, about you know, both of not, their characters. You, don't need, you meet Barbara one time. She has one ghostly no, the, encounter. The whole story where she's going to like get the medicine and then the. Well, yeah, but that's, I mean, it's one thing. I don't know. That's, that's just how I, I personally felt. I felt like I really knew all the 1700s characters. And yeah. I felt like I had a cursory knowledge of the quote-unquote modern characters yeah and I think that that's why I liked because like I love the whole book but I I liked it I liked hearing the ghost story like the past I liked that well I do I do think it is 
less, it is intentionally so less about Peggy and yeah. more about the past. Like it is about, yeah. I mean, even just the fact that it's called the Sherwood ring. Yeah. I mean, that's all connected to the past. Right. So the modern story that kind of ties it all together is more of just a vehicle to deliver right the past exactly um and i also i i think it's interesting to to try to pick apart how much of my affection for this book is the nostalgia because i'm i'm thinking like okay well if this thing that happens in this particular book were to be in a different book mm. that I read for the first time now, would I like it as much? Because you're right, Peggy is a fairly underdeveloped protagonist. All we know about her is her life up to this point has been unhappy. Right. To the point where she doesn't even think she deserves to be happy. Yeah. And. But that's not even really fleshed out till like. No, it's not fleshed out at all. It's yeah. stated. It is not explored. Right. So and it is it's a not fact, stated by her either. Right. So yeah. it is a fact that we know, but it is not something that is proven through demonstration. It is just stated and it is not negated. So we are to infer that it is in fact true. Right. So what we know about what Peggy's definition of happiness might be comes through the happiness that her ancestors find because we learn later in the book that the reason that they're still there is to help her be happy is to help right. her find happiness. Right. But so you have by, no clue about this until no, the end, until the very, very end. Yep. So you can kind of look back and to make it more complex than I think it even is intended to be infer like, Oh, well, if they're sharing, like what bits of their story that they're sharing with her lead her to be happy and in part it's you know from Eleanor and Richard's story mm -hmm. she learns not to let pride get in the way of love and not mm -hmm. to pretend to feel or to be something she isn't yeah to surrender to her own heart because then she you know because if Eleanor and Richard hadn't had that conversation and admitted no I'm mean to you because I like you <laughs> Like, right. Because uh, I'm trying to get your attention. Right. Then they would have both been miserable forever instead of happily married. And the same with Barbara and Peaceable, that if they hadn't put aside whatever was separating them and just fought for each other, yeah. then they would have been miserable too. And so because she then experiences that with Pat, that she doesn't let her pride and her hurt that he hasn't contacted her. She doesn't let that make her do something stupid. Instead, she tries to give him the benefit of the doubt and then finds out that he didn't write to her because he busted his collarbone and couldn't. Yeah. Um, and so she still, you know, is open to that kind of relationship with him and doesn't let the fact that, you know, she doesn't know him <laughs> and he lives in England. Yep. You know, she, and the fact that she's never had happiness before, she doesn't let that stop her from pursuing happiness with Pat. So we, we have to infer that even though we don't know about that from her own words, that this is a true happy ending for her because otherwise oh, yeah. the ghosts wouldn't be satisfied, but it yeah. isn't what we're used to with these really complicated fully developed dimensional protagonists 
in more contemporary literature or even some classical literature. Like you look at a Jane Austen, you know all about how Lizzie Bennet sees the world, how she thinks, how she feels. And that, you know, that's a classic book. Same with Lucy. Like even with, you know, the things that are left up to our inference, you, you get enough information that you can piece together what she actually thinks that you're right we don't get about peggy well and like i said like (laughs) i i like i agree like i agree and i think that arguably if this book were any different it wouldn't like work yeah i think that's some of the enchant like the enchantment of the book is Mm -hmm. that you're really living kind of these in these past stories and and it's just so good it's just so well done Like, it just feels so good, like, the whole time. I really think that your um, description of it feeling like a warm hug is Mm. so apt. I think it it is a very simple book, but it's a charming simplicity, Mm -hmm. not simplistic. And I wonder, I mean, because, you know, it's hard to know who the target audience was in 1958. Yeah. I don't know whether it was a book for children or I, I highly doubt it was written for adults. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to tell. Like, you know, I mean, books written for younger readers mm-hmm. have more simplicity in their plot structure and in their character development. Right. Right. That even though this handles sort of grown up ideas like falling in love and marriage yeah. which you wouldn't expect in a book for a 10 year old it's right. a it's an easy read but mm-hmm. not in a way that makes it in my opinion like boring or um juvenile yeah i agree it's kind of in a category of its own you know i know i i would almost classify it like as a classical or like a classic children's book yeah yeah you know so it's like you know they didn't it's not like a children's book you would read today well it's like Winnie the Pooh yeah yeah exactly and it gives you that same kind of like just that feeling and I've read I've read a few middle grade books that are like that 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 feel of like there's nothing like it's not super complex mm-hmm. there's not like any like graphic descriptions of like sex or violence right you know because even like with like ya like there can be like very heavy romance yeah you know, even if it's not graphically described like it's a huge part of the book is like a romantic relationship sure. and a lot of middle grade books i think you can kind of have like sometimes you can have that sometimes not mm-hmm. um and there's some that are just it's just so refreshing because there's like there's nothing Thing, like there's nothing bad I right. don't know how to like describe it yeah well, there's nothing jarring that makes yeah. you there's nothing upsetting yes like, even the suspense even the tension between Peggy and her uncle or even her even, father dying yeah or or the you know the conflict of the war in the past like all the race or being captured right it's it's exciting it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it makes you want to find out what happens, but it's yeah. not upsetting in any mm-hmm. way. And I lo- that's such a relief oh, because I'm so tired of reading books that are like, great, 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 great. Oh, 
this thing just happened and, it, and I, now I'm upset. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm sad. I'm offended. I, I'm whatever. Yeah. I'm upset. And yeah. now I have to process that and try to weigh, is it worth slogging through that to get mm-hmm. back into the book or do I need to just leave this one? And right. so to, like, I read this book in an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I just sat down and put on some classical music on my phone. Actually, it wasn't true classical music. It was film scores, but instrumental music. Yeah. And read it in an hour and a half. And I had a smile on my face for most yeah. of it and had a tear in my eye at the end. <laughs> and like, it's just so nice to not be like, that's it. It was a nice up. book. It's a yes. nice book. She wrote another book. I guess she only wrote two. Oh, really? So she wrote, oh, she wrote The Perilous Guard, which I feel like I might have read. read. And that one was a Newbery Honor book. Good for her. So I think at some point we should loop around and get a copy of that other one and yeah, read that, that together. Yeah, that rings a bell. I yeah, it definitely like did we, for me. 100%. I don't remember anything about it, but that time Nothing. I'm like, no, nah, I read that. Yep. Yep. You know, I was going to ask mom if she kept any of my old reading records because we had those reading notebooks. Oh, yeah. And so what we would do, actually, I think this was my idea. I suggested that we record all the books we read and the number of pages, and then we hit like a thousand pages, then we get like a small prize. Yep. Or like when we hit like 10,000 or whatever, then we'd get like a book. <laughs> Something. Yeah. I need to ask her if she kept mine. Because I don't think it, I don't think it would have come with me when I left the house. I don't know. I had, I had mine. Of course, I don't know what I did with it. Oh, that's so annoying. Because I literally would, be just fun. was looking at that the other day. Really? Oh yeah. You know, I was half-heartedly attempting to organize before I gave up. <laughs> and it was, it was in a notebook or something. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't actively remember reading it. But I feel like I did. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. So I'll have to. That one. that one in the Enchanted Castle. Oh, I'd That's love to reread that I remember one. reading it. I remember liking it. Don't remember a blessed thing about it. Don't even remember what was so enchanted about the castle. Like, no memories of that plot. Whatsoever. I have some vague memory that some of the characters lose their memory. Nope. <laughs> I don't remember that. But when you said that, for some reason, I had this image of, like, siblings caught in a maze yes garden was a maze yes but the, i don't know why i don't yeah, know what they I, were doing I remember, there i, I don't know if they too. get out <laughs> got nothing mm-hmm. and i feel like that might just be the cover of the book <laughs> it might just be an oh it might have been something actually like, I, I, think was, I think they were like in the forefront and then you could see like the maze and the big castle in the back maybe we should pivot for our podcast and mean? maybe all the books that we read should be ones from our childhood, our childhood that we don't remember reading. <laughs> hey, I'm down. No. <laughs> reread childhood classics. We could reread um, we could, yeah. ballet shoes. Oh, I haven't read that in so long. Or books we wanted to read as kids and never did. Oh, I wouldn't be able to remember. But we could, I think we should do a series of just like one-offs, reread childhood classics. Oh yeah, maybe like every couple months. That's that's a really good idea because, of course, all of those are going to be quick reads. Yeah. Did Um, you read 
The Golden Name Day. No. That was one of mom's. I always wanted to read Redwall. Oh. Did you ever read that? Yeah. Oof. I didn't like it? No, I, I was obsessed with it for a while. Oh. Those books are actually, like, really sad for kids. Really? Books. There's a lot of death. <laughs> Woodland oh. animals dying. Anyway, that was just a tangent. Since we already have our next book picked out. There is something special about rereading a book you loved as a kid. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't love it as much, because I don't know that there, especially if it was a book written specifically for children, I don't think there's anything like the feeling of sitting down with the book for the first time when you are a child mm-hmm. and reading it and loving it in that moment. I don't think you can recapture that entirely as an adult. Right. However, there is something really, it's its own special kind of magic to get like mm-hmm. cheesy about it for a second. <laughs> to, because I don't know, when I was rereading this one, I just could remember being like mm-hmm. 13 and yep. feeling like that was the most romantic thing in the world. Like when Richard um, meets the peddler on the road who's sa- selling ribbons and mm-hmm. The guy, he doesn't want to buy a ribbon and the guy's like trying to get him to buy a ribbon and he absentmindedly describes Eleanor's hair. <laughs> I just remember thinking that was the most romantic thing that even, you know, he just, before he even admitted it to himself, he just knew and just moment, I don't know, and the, their moment on the stairs, and I just, I don't know. It's just special. I just like it. Yeah. I felt that way a couple months ago. I reread A Little Princess, oh, which was one of my favorite books as a kid. I mean, I think I read it a couple why. times as a kid. I just love that book. And then I read it again and I just loved it again. I had all the feels <laughs> and it's, it really is. I mean, now, it takes you back. Is in the book, spoiler alert for anyone who has not read The Little Princess and would like to, <laughs> uh, you can skip ahead 30 seconds. Is her father really dead in the book? Did they change that for the movie? No. No, he dies. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. That's why I can't get behind the book. Because in the movie, he isn't really dead. He just has amnesia. And then when he sees her again, his memories come back. But oh, I felt like... version you watched? Two different versions. Yeah, because there's one version that I'm like obsessed with that I watched over and over and over again as a kid. And there's no amnesia in that movie it's very true to the book very true but she so she gets adopted by her wealthy benefactor but it's not she doesn't reunite with her father which is like fine if you can't have your biological father at least you have a man who loves you and will take care of you and be a good Mm -hmm. father to you but Mm -hmm. i just i just (sighs) yeah very sad I feel like when we were in that age where we were discovering those books for the first time, you always really liked A Little Princess and I liked Secret Garden. Did you? you oh, yeah. I never liked? really, I never yeah. really liked that one as a That's kid. What I yeah. Because I don't like A Little Princess and yeah, I didn't yeah. remember you liking I, The Secret Garden. I do like A Secret Garden now. I, I reread it when I was older and I enjoyed it. 
and I actually plan on rereading it again because it's mm-hmm. been a while now and I did a little list. princess yeah I would I would do that one because um, I haven't read that one in a while either yeah but because I remember when I read it when I was older I, I I liked it a lot more yeah than I remembered liking it that's another one that I have a lot of really positive feelings about because mm-hmm. I love the musical so much so oh. I remember liking the book but I I don't remember if the things I liked about the book are things that I actually just like about the musical. So right. I need to reread it and see, like, do I, I remember how I think I remember this? Or yeah. rather, I, I mean, I remember it how I think I remember it. Is it like I remember it? Right, right. Yeah. What I meant. <laughs> you get it. Yep. Yeah. Childhood. Oh, do you remember the Mandy series? Yes. That does not stand the test of time. <laughs> I loved those books so much. I did too. I still have them. I know. Well, I knew you had the first one because I borrowed it from you recently. But yeah, that was never, I mean, I, that's one of those that in my mind shouldn't have been a series. Like hmm. the first book is, is good. I still like it. I don't think it's great, but I, I like it. Yeah. But after the first book, it like immediately tanks. In my I'll have to, I, I plan on rereading those at some point, um, like everything else in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'll have to see that. Cause I just, I have like so many good feelings around reading that first one and like finding the characters and the story. And I loved it. And I remember reading other ones and enjoying it and being so thrilled that there was more than one. It'll be interesting to <laughs> go back yeah. and see. <laughs> yeah no I can't remember any other books in that series that I liked so I was trying to think I see I remember vaguely one other book in the series but I don't even remember and I feel like my memories of the books could be from multiple books well should we figure out what we're reading for next time now that we have a long list of books to read after we're done with our next book <laughs> I know uh, for real well the only thing is we didn't really do a recap and we talked a bunch about the book, but do you want to just give like a 30 second, like, yeah, sure. Okay. So, so there's this girl, her dad dies. She goes to live with her uncle at a house in upstate New York. When she's there, her uncle like does not really acknowledge her existence. Uh, she meets this uh, British university student who's coming to visit her uncle to get some uh, research because he's trying to find out what happened to a family member of his who fought during the Revolutionary War. There's supposed to be some letters from this guy that his aunt doesn't know what happened to, even though he knows that they were in the house. Something suspicious happened. Anywho, he's trying to get in touch with uh, Peggy, the protagonist's uncle to get some answers the uncle is exceptionally rude to him when he shows up bans him from the house and forbids peggy from seeing him ever again so while peggy's wandering around the house lonely she keeps encountering the ghosts of former residents of the house and their significant others so she finds out all about the siblings richard and uh barbara graham who used to live in the house and barbara's husband peaceable and uh richard's wife Eleanor that is a spoiler because during the course of the book they fall in love and get engaged and married um so uh Richard fights for the Continental Army Peaceable fights for the British Army during the American Revolution 
uh, Richard's job is to track down Peaceable because he's leading this whole like guerrilla warfare tactics things, attacking supply trains. Uh, they're both really smart and clever and Peaceable outwits Richard for most of it. And then Richard finally cracks his code and finds him. And then uh, Richard and Eleanor get married and uh, Barbara and Peaceable get married. And um, and then in the present, Peggy and Pat get married. Oh, and you find out that the uncle was really mad because, or not mad, but standoffish because he bought all of the papers from Pat's aunt and then felt really ashamed that he had them and wanted to keep them from himself. So was trying to hide it. And then Pat's like, whatever, we can just use them together. And he's like, oh, really? Okay, cool. Yay, happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good book. And there's a lot more to it, and you should really read it for yourself. Like, there's a whole thing about people getting locked up in a dungeon, wine being mm-hmm. drugged. You really should read it. Yeah, there's a lot of... Um, Subterfuge. Oh, code breaking. It's a lot more interesting than I made it sound. Yeah, there's a whole code breaking in that part. Well, that's the part that we both remembered from the book. Yes. Yes, although I only remembered part of it. Me I remembered too. the obvious decoy part of it, not the real message underneath the decoy part of it. Same. That's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I know, like all cocky reading it, like I know how to figure it out. And then it was like, oh, nope. (laughs) Yeah, because then you see see the message and I like read what I thought was the code and I was like, ooh, I know what they're going to find out. And then the other guy like goes with that and I'm like oh no that can't be it because he's got to be wrong because he's the guy we don't like and he rushes off and it was a decoy and then the they figured out yeah right it's it's good so basically we've spoiled who ends up together so if you go into this book you know that everyone that's really a spoiler no like if you if we love it well more specifically if I love it then you have to know that everybody ends up with the right person in love happily at the end because that was the kind of ending that I appreciate. Um, true love conquers all. So that part is a spoiler, but if you want to know like all the other stuff that happens, like the actual plot, yeah, then you should read it yourself. Highly, yeah. highly recommend. No caveats, no disclaimers. I yeah. recommend it to anybody who likes books. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's so good. It's definitely, it's so worth reading. Mm-hmm. Especially because if you are a moderate to fast reader, you're talking about an hour and a half to two hours of your life. Mm-hmm. It that's like a movie. This worth yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. So now we're moving on to the unknown, the Starless Sea, which <laughs> the again, unknown. it's like it's back-to-back books that I have the potential to either really enjoy or be crushingly disappointed. <laughs> because with the Sherwood ring, I remember loving it, really wanted to love it again. The Starless Sea. I love the first book because I think The Night Circus was her first novel. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're talking about Erin Morgenstern. She wrote a book called The Night Circus, which I adore. And so this is not a sequel, but it is a follow-up book. And if I don't love it, even I don't have to love it as much as the yeah. Night Circus. 
In fact, I would kind of prefer if I didn't love it as much because I want that to reign supreme in my heart. However, you basically can't hate it. I just don't want to hate it. <laughs> Abby, if it has a bad ending or if it's really sad all the way through. I mean, I feel like I feel that. like people are saying really good things about it. Yeah, but I don't agree with people as a general rule. Well, <laughs> did people generally like a night circus? I have no idea. I picked it up because it had a cool cover in the library. And then I loved it. And then I bought it. So I did no research beforehand. And I got nothing. But hopefully you like this one. <laughs> I mean, it has a very interesting description. It has the capacity to be really good. So yeah. fingers crossed. I'm, I, have, I have hopes. I will not say I have high hopes because the higher the hopes, the greater the disappointment. <laughs> the, the higher the hopes, the longer the fall. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be my life's motto. <laughs> well, I propose doing one of three things. Oh, three for reading puzzles. this. Should I take notes? Uh, no. So we, so this book is broken into books. There are six books. Okay. So, well, I propose we either do six sections because there's six books, mm -hmm. but that feels like a really long time. It really does. Especially since we just talked about spending yep. less time. Yes. So my thought is what if, well, it looks like there's books three and four could maybe be combined. Okay. Um, so we could do that's the second suggestion. The third suggestion is that for the first week we read chap we read book one, which mm -hmm. is 129 pages. Okay. And it looks like the chapters are pretty short. And from what I've heard about the book, I think there's some flipping around with either different characters or different like things. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing that it's going to be a faster paced read just because I think it's going to move. I think the book's going to move. Yeah. So if we read the first book and get a feel of how it's reading, mm -hmm. then we'll be left with five okay. more books and we could either break it up into two more sections and read a couple books or we could do three sections. Like maybe we do book two and three and then four and five and then do six or, you know, I don't know. But I think if we maybe just start reading it and see how it's pacing and then yeah. figure out what we want to do for the rest Let's of the Let's do that. Let's do Let's do book one for next week. And then we will reevaluate and figure out how to divide the rest of the yeah. whole book after that point in time. All right. Perfect. Cool. All right. So that's our recommendations. Homework. Yeah, that's right. Did you say that's our homework? I did. I did indeed. <laughs> I missed teaching. I thought you banished the word homework. Well, that was until I missed teaching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, do you have a recommendation for us this week? Um, I absolutely do. Okay. Um, because this is a segment that um, is really important to me. <laughs> and so I value um, giving recommendations because I want people to know that they can uh, trust me 
and know that I take this super seriously. So I um been preparing I, all week for this, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It's just um see this one means so much to me that I just feel like I have to phrase it really well to um accurately convey just how much value people should please. <laughs> Should I give my recommendation first? Yeah, you know what? Because I think you're going to have a really hard time following my recommendation. So I'll I'll let you go first. (laughs) Well, my recommendation is apropos because I am recommending uh, the Literary Guernsey and Potato Peel Pie Society movie. I watched it and I loved it. And they certainly cut out a ton of characters. And well, I mean, they would have to if they didn't want the movie to be six for hours real, long. for real. So you know that was understandable, and I think the thing is, like, they kept they truly kept the heart of the book and everything I loved about the book. You just felt come right through with the movie. So I highly recommend the movie, but I think you should read the book first. Gotcha. Cool. You know. I don't even think I can give my recommendation this week because I don't, I don't think the world is ready. So I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to keep this in the vault, uh, but I don't want to leave the people disappointed. So, uh, I will recommend, uh, oh, we'll see now I got to scramble for something. So this is my totally, uh, backup recommendation. I would recommend arts and crafts as, something worth exploring like even if you're not really artsy there's a craft for you <laughs> 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 you've got you've got jewelry making scrapbooking cross stitch embroidery crochet you've got you know figurine painting <laughs> you can make handmade keychains there's so many options and you know it's nice to just sit down with a project that allows you to you know be creative with some structure especially since there's lots of kits out there for different crafts so you don't have to just like you know make it all up from scratch <clears throat> so you know art, arts and crafts good for the soul well thank you for that riveting recommendation <laughs> <laughs> applicable to all yeah that is i i think every person on the planet <laughs> could find a craft <laughs> that suits their particular <laughs> you know Needs, needs, <laughs> interests, desires, you know. Oh my gosh. Well, yep. on that note, um, thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at September Sisters Pod. Also, celebrate with us all month long because it is officially our birthday <gasps> month. It- Hannah has already had her birthday. I did. Mine is coming up. 
It is the month of all months and should be celebrated as such. I was going to try to like come up with like a good, <laughs> like, you know, it's September, so, so find Subscribe. the sister in you. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't quite get there. <laughs> I'll workshop it. I'll, you know, I'll come up with something for next week. (laughs) You'll, you'll get it by the end of the month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's September, so subscribe as As a gift to us. us. (laughs) Like, comment, share with your friends, and have a great week, everyone. (laughs) Bye! Bye!